0: Welcome to the Dollars and Cents radio show with your host, accountant and author Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. Carol takes confusing topics such as money and business and puts them into clear English. She's ready to share her knowledge with you on today's show. Welcome to the Dollars and Cents show. This is Carol Topp, your host from homeschoolcpa.com. And this is the third part of a five-part series on the top 10 tips for running a homeschool organization. It's a talk, a live talk I gave at a homeschool conference a few years ago in Wichita, Kansas. So you'll hear a little bit of the audience question and a little interaction on this episode. This episode is a, is an interesting one because I talk about fraud, how you can prevent fraud, uh best practices and and things like that. I I think you'll find it interesting, I hope, and uh, tune into the next few episodes where I will talk about paying workers in a homeschool organization, insurance, record keeping, and the previous episodes uh on these top 10 tips series we're about board duties and bylaws and having a board and a tax-exempt status. So we packed a lot of stuff in, and I hope you find these short podcast episodes interesting. As always, there's more information to be found at homeschoolcpa.com. All right, fraud. Here's the number one rule to avoid fraud. You separate the authorization of the expenses from the bookkeeping. So I was treasurer, and when I was treasurer, we had a budget that was approved, and I would um, get receipts to me. No, reimbursement forms would not come to me. They might shove them in my mailbox, but I handed them to my board president, and I said, do you authorize this expense? And she would look it over and initial it. Then it came to me. I would write out the check. I took the checkbook to her. This is all during co-op time. I took the checkbook back to her to sign the check. Why did I do that? Why not just sign the check myself? I'm the treasurer. Separation of duties. Accountability. Accountability. The person who has the uh, the bookkeeping, record-keeping... Responsibility does not have the authority to approve expenses or the authority to sign the checks. More than one set of eyeballs on the money at all times. So the woman who took over for treasurer, for me, would get up during co-op and she'd say, make sure you get your receipts to me today and I'll get you a check by the end of co-op. Made me cringe. And I thought I tried so hard to set the example. No, the treasurer does not approve expenses and no the treasurer does not sign the checks. Is that awkward? Yes, especially if you know you're not co, you don't see them a lot or something like that, but the treasurer has limited powers because they're handling the money. The bank statements should get mailed to somebody other than the treasurer, and the treasurer should not be doing the bank reconciliations. Why not? Because the treasurer is the one entering the information. The treasurer, usually in small groups like ours, is also the bookkeeper. The bookkeeper should not check her own work. The bank reconciliation is how you check the treasurer's doing his or her job. It's like a quiz of the treasurer. The treasurer can't grade his own quiz, her own quiz. The bank reconciliation is how you make sure the treasurer is doing their job. And catches any mistakes... Okay, we're not accusing every treasurer of fraud, but catching mistakes. Oh, I forgot that deposit. Oh, I forgot that somebody used the debit card, or I didn't know somebody used the debit card. The bank wreck is how you check. Does that make sense? So, and I know what happens. You, you're so grateful for a treasurer who knows how to do bank wrecks, you can't even imagine getting somebody else who knows how to do bank wrecks, Right? And what if that treasurer has everything on her computer, her laptop, not even her laptop, her desktop in her home? How are you going to do a bank reconciliation when it's in her house? How are you going to do it? You're not, and you're going to make yourself susceptible to mistakes and to embezzlement and fraud and negligence and all these bad things. So you move to cloud-based accounting, Wave apps, QuickBooks Online, something. Okay? Okay. It's burdensome, yes. But it's accountability. You, you are really ultimately accountable to your members. Remember that duty of care? You are taking people's money. You have the fiduciary responsibility to care for their money and provide the programs you said you would. And a lot of that is this kind of stuff, separation of duties. So I have a whole list of best practices at homeschoolcpa.com fraud. And it's an excerpt of my book on money management, but it says do these things. Do as many of these things as you can. But one of the most important is the bank. Separate the, the authorization of expenses from the bookkeeping, meaning the check writing. Have somebody else sign the checkbook. Have the bank statements go to somebody else. Have them open up the bank statements and look at them and then hand them to someone to reconcile it. And it shouldn't be the treasurer. These online accounting packages are fabulous because more than one person can sign in. Okay? All right. Questions about that? So the difference between the bookkeeping and the treasurer? Usually they're I the same. It was all kind they're of- usually the same. The bookkeeper usually does... The treasurer usually does all the bookkeeping in small nonprofits. So yes. the bookkeeping is where you sign the checks? No, the bookkeeping is where you enter the transaction in the books. It is the keeping of... And usually it means accounting software or... A spreadsheet. Somebody else, else should be signing Some, Right. Somebody else, Somebody else should be signing. It in the That's the bookkeeper's job, which is usually the treasurer enters it in the computer software. Prints out the, the financial statements, takes them to the board. That's the job of the treasurer. Okay. And usually the bookkeeper's the treasurer here. What the treasurer should not be doing is signing checks. Because it's too easy to commit fraud. If she's got the checkbook and she can sign the checks, she can empty you in a minute. She can create fictitious accounts, fictitious vendors, fictitious members, right? And she's signing checks. So the check gets printed up by her and handed to someone else to sign. How big do you have to be before you require two signatures? Like- two signatures? You know, it's just not done very much anymore, to so be perfectly required, honest. Like bye receipt it right? doesn't matter how much when I get that check back it is signed by two I don't think that having two signatures is the best uh, the best safeguard against fraud right okay I think having someone other than the treasurer sign it is the best safeguard so that I don't think the two signers is is terribly necessary. And I've been told by other CPAs and uh, that, that the banks don't even care and look at it or pay attention anymore. It used to be that, that the bank was the, uh, the safeguard or the, or the watchman, and they're not. In my church, we raised the threshold of the dual signatures to be $2,000 or something like that. So it's only a quite a high level when two signatures are required. And when I was church treasurer, I got called in maybe twice a year to sign checks that needed two signatures, but that's about it. Uh, okay, so okay. I'm not, I'm not that was, that's not really on my list of, of um, on that checklist, two signatures. Now, I'm sorry, let me, let, me, let, me, let me caveat that by saying on the signature card of the bank, two or three people should be allowed to, to sign checks, but you don't have to have two signatures on every check. Uh, QuickBooks Online has different levels, so I can't remember, but I think like at one of their lowest levels, you can have three people who can sign on, and then they always have your accountant can sign on for free. So you can always add your accountant, which is usually outside, like me, somebody outside the organization. And then if you need to add more people, it costs more money per month. Okay, And then with QuickBooks Online, I'm not quite sure with Wave, apps that's the free one but i know with quickbooks online you can set levels of control like this person can only enter accounts payable or accounts receivable can only enter can't do the bank recs so you you can kind of limit what the people can see or do which are good safeguards thank you for joining the dollars and cents radio show with carol top here at the ultimate homeschool radio network for more helpful information visit carol at her website homeschoolcpa.com.